Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast produced by Story 94 at their podcast studio here in Oxford. I'm Rosie and I'll be guiding you through inspiring indie stories from businesses across Oxfordshire to help you find out more about the shops, cafes, studios and spaces that make up our local communities. Hi, I'm Rosie from Independent Oxford and welcome to this episode of the Independent Oxford podcast. I'm joined by guest host Lindsay Einan from Start to Thrive Coaching. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. We will be looking at different aspects of running an indie business and asking business owners to share their top tips, experiences and lessons learnt. So this week we are discussing mindset and what it takes to be an indie business owner in 2022. Now, let's get down to business and talk to Annabelle from Annabelle Lee Communications. Hi, Annabelle. Hi, guys. It's lovely to see you. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Um, So just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your business. So I am a bit of a, I described myself as a jackie of all trades the other day, which I kind of like. I'm going to stick with it. So I um, work as a freelance journalist and I also run a small communications consultancy where I help um, small and growing businesses with their communications. So by that, I mean mainly PR and also copywriting and marketing. I'm feeling good about putting yourself out there. Cool. Lovely. Well, I'm going to start by talking about what we mean by mindset for today's episode. So your mindset is the set of beliefs that you have that shape how you make sense of the world. So your mindset influences how you feel, how you think and how you behave. So I want to start by putting a question out to whoever's listening about what mindset you think you have. So if you think about attempting something, if you attempt something new and the first time that you attempt it, you don't succeed, what's your reaction? This is a good test of what sort of mindset you have. So if your reaction to failing at something is, oh, I'm just not very good at this versus, oh, perhaps I need to practice this more. There's some good telltale signs there. And this is around whether you think you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. So if your natural reaction was, oh, I'm not very good at this, perhaps you're sitting in the camp of, I have an innate set of skills. That's what I've got for my sort of life. And that's my lot. Whereas if you were sitting more in the, oh, I need to practice this more, the hints are there that perhaps you've got more of a growth mindset, which is, okay, I can learn new things. And so this is what we're talking about when we actually think about what is mindset. And I think that's so important, isn't it, Annabelle, when you're putting yourself out there as a brand, as a business, and you must come across this a lot, that if you're kind of helping somebody to feel confident in sharing their message, a lot of it comes down to that that mindset and and whether you've got that fixed mindset or, or the growth mindset. So do you see a big difference between businesses that are perhaps flourishing and those are struggling and, and the mindset of the business owner? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's really interesting what you were just saying there because sort of confidence can be a learned skill. Like, And I think that often we see people who are at maybe step 100 on their journey and we're maybe at step one or two and we think oh my goodness there's such a there's such a gap between where I am and where I want to be and that can feel hugely intimidating but what I always say to people is 
that everybody has started somewhere. So whether that's doing a radio interview, whether it's going live on your Instagram, it's about taking small steps so that you can you can feel more confident and you can get to that you can get to that place. Um, but I think definitely there is in in my work. I work with lots of different people, and I think that. What I have seen a lot is that when you're in a kind of positive um, place, it can almost be like an upward spiral. And so you feel really buoyed, you feel really confident, things are going well. And then we'll often make subconscious um, decisions that support that and we'll be looking out for the good in the world. We'll see the good, we'll feel confident about it. But on the flip side, when things are going maybe not so well, I think the same can be true and we can feel like we're in a downward spiral. We'll be looking for the negative aspects. And again, we'll, we'll take um, decisions that, that reinforce how we're feeling. So there's some studies that show, for example, that when you're feeling stressed and you stub your toe, it hurts more or the perception of pain is, is more than when you're having maybe a lovely Sunday morning and you can you can just brush it off, which seems so unfair that when things are going well, it, it, things, things are better. But I think there are some things you can do to kind of step in, make things feel kind of better and get out of that get out of that downward spiral but equally notice when you're in that upward spiral so that you don't become complacent and and stop trying maybe or, or kind of thinking that it's out of your control because I think in both cases there are things that you can do to to, to keep it going well. Mm. It's interesting I get a lot of a lot of my clients come to me on the topic of confidence um, and it's one of the foundational pieces that they talk about. They say, OK, I want to be more confident. Can you help me be more confident? Um, so what would your Annabelle, what would your recommendation be? You're talking about there about um, leads nice into resilience. So what do you think makes people resilient in business? I think that having people around you can really help. And this is something that I have noticed a lot now. I work with smaller businesses rather than when I was working in for, for corporates and bigger businesses. You have an inbuilt team there and you have a safety net around you. And I think that often when, when you're kind of branching out on your own, you have to do you have to do everything yourself. It can feel incredibly isolating. You can get very in your head. I know I do this. If sort of the tiniest thing goes wrong, I tell myself this story. I know um, Brene Brown talks a lot about that, about the stories that mm -hmm. we tell ourselves. And I it just resonates with me so much because I'll catastrophize and I'll think, oh my goodness, my career's over. When really somebody's just hasn't read their emails this morning it can it can be really easy I think to get in your head and I think that finding community and finding support so that you can talk about some of these things which can feel really like we're the only person going through it and then you you meet somebody and you have a chat with them and actually no we all feel exactly the same so I I think that as much as it can feel challenging sometimes to maybe go out to something or you know join that group join NG Oxford whatever it might be that's going to give you so much of that support that that you that you lose when you when you're um on your own because you don't have that person that you can sort of that can tell you actually you're being <laughs> you're being irrational here um which sometimes I think I think you need and also it, it boils you up doesn't it and it gives you mm -hmm. confidence and and it makes you feel like what you're you're on the right path 
Yeah, totally agree. Rosie and I have spoken about that a few times about the the isolation of part of, of running your own business. And certainly that's why I joined Independent Oxford and sort of having these other people that are either slightly ahead of you in business or at the same stage um, to give you a reality check. Because I'm a bit of a catastrophizer as well, which I know is ironic for a coach. Um, but you, I totally identify with what you're saying about getting caught up in your own head and having somebody else to say, oh, yeah, well, that happened to me last Tuesday. You're like, ah, okay. It's, it is, yeah, totally agree with you. Mm. Yeah, I think being in your in your own head is such a is uh, yeah it's such a kind of um, it really feels like you're kind of paralysed. I think sometimes, especially when you you know you're by yourself at home in your home office, and there's something about just kind of coming together and saying, "Hey guys, I'm really struggling with this, and I know it's just this kind of thought process, and I just need to get out of it." And and there's something really kind of positive about being in that kind of group environment where everybody's kind of forward thinking and has, has that growth mindset of kind of wanting to do something, you know, have a positive impact, grow their business. Um, and it feels really nourishing, I think, to be in that space as a as a community. Um, so, so when you're talking to clients about kind of communications and getting out there um, and sharing their story, what are the kind of first steps? So if somebody's really kind of nervous about, they don't have the kind of confidence to to share their story what are the kind of like baby steps that you get them to go through before they're kind of doing things like big scary things like going live on Instagram or whatever yeah I think that one thing I always like to remind people is that marketing your business in whatever capacity is actually a service so you're it, it can feel incredibly sort of indulgent or um like we're boasting or showing off because we we live in this kind of society which I think especially for women we, we don't see a lot of um, women out there we, we're kind of conditioned to stay small and humble and I think sort of flipping the script slightly and thinking I'm not doing this because it's self because I'm self-indulgent or I want to show off I'm doing this because what I have to offer is genuinely valuable and genuinely going to help people so the easier you make it for other people to find you the, the easier their job is so I think kind of it's not necessarily mindset but it's kind of changing the way that you think about it from thinking about it from you to thinking about it from them can be enormously helpful and I think that also that often means that the message is is stronger anyway and what you're putting out there is sort of customer first or people first rather than than you first and and I think that very often actually the people that are coming at it from a from a kind of just wanting to build their own profile and sort of hype themselves up aren't doing that necessarily doing the best job so it's a kind of double win um but I think again looking at who those people are that you're trying to reach what it is that you're trying to say not getting too caught up in comparison with other people as well um so maybe that's you know, unfollowing all those other people that do exactly what you do on the internet or um, really thinking about staying in your own lane because when you when you see all these millions of different messages, it's so easy to lose, to lose your thread and lose what it is that you're trying to say. So I think scaling it back, really thinking about what you've got to offer and how you can help can be a really useful place to get started. I think consistency as well. I'm reading reading a book at the moment called Chillpreneur, which was a gift that somebody brought bought for me. Um, and 
what what the lady who wrote that's talking about is this consistency of, me- of message. So, yeah, again, who are you talking to, but then regularly showing up? And I think you're right about what you said about it can feel a bit self-indulgent. And I think some people as well, when they're um, in social media, let's say, um, they're sort of thinking, well, is anyone reading this? What's the point? And and I certainly got a bit disheartened, I think, about if we talk about Instagram as an example and the number of followers that I have, which is really quite small, I think it's like, it's like 170 people or something. But then when I when I actually sat down and thought about it, I thought that's 170 people. You know, if I was in a room and 170 people showed up to listen to what I was saying, that's quite mega for me. So I think there is this, back to this, what you were saying about getting stuck in your own head, you can, something I challenge my clients with is thought or fact. So when the, you know, they'll come out and they'll say something and it'll be quite, you know, catastrophic you know, for them. Uh, and I'll challenge them on that and go, is, are you actually, you know, is that a story you're telling yourself or is this actually factual? Um, and that can be quite a nice way to sort of just give yourself that reality check. If you're not in that community space, we were talking about uh, a little trick that you can have to sort of jolt yourself out of something. Mm. So yeah, resilience in business is what we were talking about. And thought versus fact, I think is quite a big one. Um, do you think there's there's something in sort of a lot of new business owners sort of think, OK, I must be really organised. Do you think there's a place for that or um, for planning, etc.? I think there I think there is. And I think that there's almost two schools of thought. And I know that I sort of oscillate wildly between them where I kind of want to be this you know, very organised person who has their life together is um, batch cooking and has a bullet (laughs) journal and matching stationery and all of this stuff versus often the reality, which is scrabbling around, you know, my kids being off school sick, the internet breaking. and, And I think it can feel like there's this real kind of dichotomy, I suppose, between them. And there's this new term that's um, qu- become quite popular recently, which is goblin mode, which I don't know if you've have you heard, no, of this? heard of it. <laughs> so, so goblin mode is this kind of new internet trend where it's supposedly the kind of um, backlash to this kind of perfection that we're all seeking and the sort of exhaustion of the pandemic that we're going goblin mode and we're just slobbing out, we're not bothering, we can't be bothered. And, and it's kind of an interesting take on it. Um, of course, it's kind of another example of people wanting to put us in a box, you know, and be either this kind of super organized person or the, you know, the goblin. And that's not necessarily very helpful. But I think it is kind of interesting um, to think about also what we see on the Internet and what we see is, you know, beautiful desk selfies. And when we're out and about doing fun and interesting things versus the reality of doing doing your job, which isn't very Instagrammable most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, so I think it's, for me personally, I've found that it's about having some systems in place that that work for me. And I have tried time management software, for example, but I find for me actually a kind of a pretty old school planning system where I have like a grid and the days that I'm working and I record my time on that actually works for me better than needing to have another piece of software that I forget to, to use. So I think it's about trying things and seeing what works for you. Um, and also knowing that 
organization one person's organization is another person's chaos so it's i think that there's not a one size fits all for mm. for businesses and and just because you maybe do something in a less um technologically driven way that's still okay and it's still valid and you are still running a business and doing a great job um with even you know even if it's not on a on a tech platform i think there's a lot of trial and error. Well, certainly from my experience a lot of trial and error in sort of um yeah i had a lot of software which i've since dumped um because i'm not particularly tech savvy um rosie what works for you well i have to say i love asana that's like my my go-to task manager um and i also use hubspot as a kind of crm system but they're probably my two kind of main things that I use but I'm, I still like write everything in my notebook there's something about writing stuff down that almost kind of like fixes it in your head I think um, and when you're kind of in those moments of feeling slightly paralyzed with like too much you know overwhelmed too much stuff to do there's something really nice about actually writing a list with a pen mm. <laughs> um, so in terms of in, like thinking about kind of procrastination and those moments where you just feel completely stuck do, do you think that that's a problem or, or is there a space for that time when you're just kind of, you're overwhelmed, like rather than just trying to kind of keep at it and chipping away at the at the grindstone, do you think that there's a space for just like, okay, I need this time to think my, my brain's overwhelmed. What, you know, is, is procrastination a bad thing always? I, no, I don't think it is always. And I think that if you are running a creative business, which probably if you are running your own business, you are running a creative business. And I think there's that's probably another discussion about, you know, what's a creative business. But if you are making decisions frequently, you you need time to think and you need space away from, from what you're doing. And I've certainly found when I'm doing my writing work that I do get a sense of kind of writer's block. And, and what I try to do then is go out with my dog or you know leave my phone somewhere for half an hour um because you can't be productive all the time and I think that we do so often tie our sense of self-worth up with our output our, our productivity um and that's because we you know we live in a capitalist society where that's the, the norm mm. um but I think that um Procrastination. I so wrote an article recently on a productivity technique called the Ivy Lee technique, which is where you write down six things that you want to do in the day, the night before, and then you work through those things in order and you only move on to the next one when you finish the previous one. So I find it quite a helpful technique for, for me personally because it stops me multitasking and it forces me to be realistic about what I'm going to do in, in the day. And I was doing some research into productivity and procrastination as well. And one of the interesting things I think about procrastination is that it's it's often wrapped up with perfectionism and us actually being afraid to do the thing because maybe we're fear, fearful of failing or maybe we're fearful of actually doing really mm -hmm. well and actually succeeding and what's going to happen. And can I, you know, if I get through my six things, can I allow myself to do nothing and to rest and to actually sit with my thoughts for a while because that often can be the hardest part of it and I think that a lot of people maybe go down the self-employed route or they're running their own business route because they want 
space and time and freedom. But then we sort of force ourselves to sit at our desk when we've got nothing to do or do endless um, marketing, which is yeah. what a lot of people say, you know, I'm doing my marketing, but don't know where to begin with it. Um, but I think it, obviously it can feel scary to just do nothing or to have free time to, to think and, and sit with it. Um, but that's probably going to be helpful in the long run. I think there's a lot of information in procrastination. That's, I sort of, I, I, I'm guilty of it. Yeah, I think there is. I'm guilty of it myself. I think everybody is. And um, I see it in in clients as well, where if we've set, you know, we've set um, in, in inverted commas, which you can't see me doing homework, um, and they come back sort of next session and go, well, I didn't do it. And they're always a little bit, mm, you know, I haven't done it. And it's a bit, it's a bit like the naughty school child. And I always say to them, okay, you know, let's be curious about it um, th because there's information there. And exactly what you said, Annabelle, have you not done it because you're frightened of doing it for, for either through failing or succeeding? And I'm really glad that you mentioned the succeeding one because that can be quite uh, intimidating for people. Or is it a case of not done it because actually it's not that important? Um, and that's the one that I sort of get really curious about is that if I find myself... Um, you know, tiddling around in Canva on my marketing, in inverted commas again, um, is what I'm avoiding, is it actually that important? Is it something that I need to be doing? Yes or no? And, and I think so. I think there's always information if you can be, and again, mindset wise, be curious about what's going on with your behavior. There's stuff to be learned there. And, and when you're in this new sphere of I am responsible for everything and I no longer, so, you know, my history coming from a corporate world, there was a department for everything. That's not there anymore. So I am now responsible for everything. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of pressure, but you can be curious about what's going on, really going on in your head, I think. But I think as well, that idea of kind of taking yourself away from your desk mm. And just finding that time, I find that so useful. And I'm, I'm, I'm so bad at doing that, that I will just sit there and try and work at something. And it's like, you know, it almost feels quite painful. You're just like, got to get this done. And actually, I feel like I'm so much more creative and productive if I go, right, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk for 20 minutes. And then it's like, it's, it's kind of like filters through your brain. And then you kind of get these like moments of clarity and realization and yeah. And thinking about, oh, is that an important thing to do? Or, um, that blog post that I've been struggling with or grappling with, oh, I've, I've realized what the, you know, what the format format is and, and why it's, why it's important. Um, so it's, it's interesting, isn't it? But we've been programmed. I think there's this, you know, there's this programming that we've had that says we have to be sat down at our desk for eight hours a day straight. Um, and if we're not, then we're not, you know, we're not working hard enough. We're not pulling our weight and just, you know, on the productivity front, um, what's really helpful, I think, is to figure out, and you can actually do this just by jotting it down through the day. When am I productive? So yeah, I know I've got, I know for me personally, sort of later, sort of late afternoon, early evening, um, I'm on it, um, which is not, you know, the nap, that's normally the time that a lot of people think, okay, it's, you know, it's coming up to six o'clock. I'm done. Uh, actually, that's when I get in my groove. And I think if, if you can recognize when you are more productive and try and break this cycle of, I need to be at my desk at this time and I need to be sat there. If, you, if you're not, if you're not putting out anything of value, then as you said, you know, go for a walk, do something different. So what can we do, Annabelle, to help our own mindset, do you think? What do you do? 
I do a couple of things. So on the kind of confidence side of things um i and i and i recommend this to clients as well so i keep a like a hype folder so i keep a folder of um nice feedback from people mm-hmm. um or sort of when i've got a commission that i want to do or kind of look back at what i said i wanted to achieve and then whether or not i've achieved it um and i find that to be quite helpful um and i also often when i'm starting working with people i will ask them to write down three things three reasons why they are um, an expert and why they're really good at what they do and those things are going to make them unique and and different and that i find quite helpful to look back on if i'm ever thinking oh my goodness what am i what am i doing why am i doing this what you know who am i thinking I am to go off after this and I can remind myself actually no you know I am I'm really good at this this is my job I've done this before um and I think again kind of getting out of your head um so true um and I I heard Mel Robbins talking on a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago and she was saying that that action of writing things down like you were saying Rosie is so helpful because it it gets you out of your head and so often things seem more complicated and more challenging and more like you're the only person in the world that's ever experienced this problem when they're in your head but just doing something taking action and whether that action is just literally writing a list um, or writing a plan that helps you kind of sort of snap out of it almost Mm. and and have a bit of a reality check um, or have a coffee with somebody that you you know that you love and trust in a in a business capacity that that can kind of really help you um, to to sort of figure it out I guess and and keep and keep going yeah I love the uh, I love the I have compliments book that's sort of my language for it which was actually a recommendation from a previous coach that I had which was um, yeah, right. So write down, you know, keep a record of the testimonials that you've had or, or the compliments that somebody has paid you. And so on the, on the days when it's a bit, what am I doing? Um, you've just got that third party influence of, you know, their opinion of your work. So I, I yeah, I really love that. It's a lovely one. I think another really good thing to have to hand is why you started doing what you're doing Absolutely. in the first place. So I talked to so many people that are kind of at the beginning of their journey and they're feeling, and we've spoken about this, Lindsay, mm-hmm. that kind of that wobble that you get maybe in the first kind of, I don't know, six months, a year, 18 months. And beyond. <laughs> and, and absolutely, and beyond. And actually, you know, I think it's so important that when you start your business journey to write down exactly why you're doing what you're doing. And I think your idea of the three things that make you unique is is really you know, important and part of that picture, um, just so that you can, and, and even, you know, why you left, you know, if you've left your corporate job, um, you know, or you've, you've changed industries or whatever, what it was that you, you know, when you, when, when it seemed like the grass is greener, what was it that made it look like the grass is greener so that you can look back and go, oh yeah, that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Okay, fine. Right. Okay. Let's get on with my six tasks for the day. (laughs) It's all about purpose, isn't it? It's, I mean, that's, that's when we're saying, you know, the the three things that you're good at and and remembering why you're doing it, it's all about purpose. Um, Mm. And I always talk about, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, you know, what is it you're aiming for? 
Um, and so on the days when, and they, they do and they will come these days when you just think, oh God, it's really, you know, I am feeling overwhelmed. This is really difficult. Um, it is, it is remembering the motivation behind it and being able to tap back into that motivation and go, okay, it's because I'm doing it for these reasons. This is why. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've spoken about kind of procrastination, um, and kind of positive mindsets against kind of those fixed, um, beliefs, how do you think um, imposter syndrome fits into that? Is it just a new name for kind of anxiety and procrastination? Or do you think it's kind of it's something that we need to take account of and, you know, is, is part of the kind of modern um, business landscape? I think it I think it is. And I know there are debates about imposter syndrome and, you know, it's 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 in a sense, it's a privilege to have imposter syndrome because, you know, you maybe don't have, you know, other sort of pressing concerns. But the brain is a problem solving tool, isn't it? And so it, it likes to have these kind of things to, to wrestle with. And I think it I think it does affect people a lot. Um, I think looking at um, the the media landscape, which is what, where I do a lot of my work, um, I'm coming back to talking about women in business again, but one of the interesting stats in the media is that when we see experts um, in the media, one it's only one in four of those experts will be a woman. So it's kind of unsurprising that we, you know, if, if that's what we want to do, if that's a goal for us, when we're so conditioned to seeing one type of person be in, be in that position, you know, it, it, of course you can feel for whatever reason that, you know, that's, I'm not qualified to be there. I'm not, you know, my voice isn't, isn't needed. My voice isn't recognized. Um, but I think that increasingly what I see now is almost everybody is winging it to some extent. Actually, everybody is winging it to some extent um, that there's no sort of, you know, sit down, right, okay, you're the, you know, you're, you know, you're qualified to talk about this now, you're the expert now. You, and even with social media, you know, putting out content, which might be positioning yourself as an expert or saying, you know, I am qualified to talk about this. Um, th there's no tick box, there's no little um, business angel that comes around and tells you that you're ready to do that. So I think that increasingly, we are living our lives and our businesses online and we are all being these kind of mini mini brands and content creators so it, it is something that comes up more and more and more and as you kind of grow and as your maybe mindset expands a little bit with you th there'll continually be new challenges and, and new things that you can come up against but I think that you become more adept at dealing with them I certainly felt a huge amount of imposter syndrome about probably about yeah right, six months to a year after starting my business and I just thought I am just this what what am I doing and and I sort of worked through that with with some of those things that we talked about before and and now I just think you know it's this is a, a pleasure and a, and a joy and it's really exciting and cool to, to be able to do new things and try new things. And when things are going well, sort of relishing that and enjoying that and coming back to that so that even in the moments of kind of the, the troughs, if you like, you can sort of come back to it. Um, but I do think it is also important to acknowledge that there is 
and there's a trend I think I'm seeing a lot more about kind of you know I manifested it or I I put it out into the universe and it just came true and I think that that is that is an, an interesting sort of discussion point and an interesting angle but it is also really important to acknowledge like you know the privilege that you have or where you're starting from and it's not even for for all of us mm-hmm. um but also perhaps having a kind of a bit of an open mind to, to things like that because I think there's been some research that has shown that um when you are having that positive mindset you will take steps and you will do things that kind of encourage that and mean that it's more likely to to kind of happen yeah I think that would be my takeaway when I talk a lot about imposter syndrome with clients uh, and Rosie knows that I'm not going to rant about it Rosie but Rosie knows I've got a, a thing about the even the the title that has been you know making it a syndrome um but for me this this idea of trying things and it, and when we talk about mindset um experimentation and having this loose hold on um anything really and just being open to trying something new and i think that really helps in it's a confidence based topic for me imposter syndrome and i i really firmly believe that the more things we try with a loose hold you know uh in terms of well whatever the outcome is the outcome i think that really helps build trust in yourself and for me that is very much where confidence comes from um and when the confidence has a better foundation then this this idea of imposter syndrome starts to feel lighter and lighter as we're like okay so i tried it it went utterly peak tong so what <laughs> i love that um thank you so much annabelle and lindsay been a great discussion um Annabella, if people want to find you online, where where can they find you? Um, they can come and find me on my website, which is annabellelee.co.uk. And I'm on Instagram as well, annabellelee.co. Cool. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Infinite Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.